What do you say? I say toothbrush. I say is it in like tooth, like tooth. How do other people say it? Tooth. You would say, say, I'm going to go get some pictures taken in a photo bus. So I say bold. Like, that is a bold... Right, hold on, use, that man has no hair, he is bold. That <laughs> man is very brave, he is bold. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> B-A-L-D. B-O-L-D. <laughs> oh, it makes Star Trek way more exciting to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Okay, welcome to the podcast. What's it called? I chop wood, carry water. I, I really liked Mandy's book club. And then I had to Google all her books. So this could be episode two, Murder on the Dodgems. My name's Owen Pell. I am joined by <laughs> Dr. Michaela James. Right, I need to address this. So this week I've had like three or four people message me being like, oh, so we can legit call you Dr. James now? Yes, and you I'm can. Like, well, Fact. Actually, technically not because there is other things I need to do. But then I was like, is this just not a massive case of imposter syndrome where I can't even, even though I've done the work, I still can't. Oh man, imagine now you didn't become a doctor. Yeah, that'd be so awkward. It's written on the podcast. What are the chances that you're not gonna become a doctor? Well, unless I fail the vibe a bit. Is that why people just pick on you? Yeah. So yeah, unless I fail that. Then, yeah. but so shout out to anyone who wants to ruin Michaela's dreams. Don't. If you're a highly gifted academic. No, it's not a public forum. It's between like two examiners and some other people. So you can't just submit questions. Please don't submit questions to Swansea University. Is that this an option? This one is for. <laughs> no, there's no way you can just email Swansea University and be like, I've heard there's a girl doing a PhD. Can you please ask her this question? That's not a thing. And don't do that because people will do that. Well, I know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to be... Oh no. Uh, what was... What, just un, on an unrelated note. Yeah. What would be the best... Who would I contact about ethics in the university? <laughs> is that a thing? An ethics so, panel? My research is ethically rigorous, so don't even get started. Ethically rigorous. Bold. That's a... That's a how do you, that's a bold statement that from you. <laughs> yeah. But you, please don't do that. There's no need. You were, don't do it. That would be, imagine, I'd be stood there like presenting my work and then they'd be like, right, we have a question from an outside source. <laughs> His name is Owen <laughs> I bless you. <laughs> Even can, now. Can we just say like, this academic it would definitely situation. be like Professor Pillai. <laughs> From and I'd pick some random Indian okay, town because it would sound completely exactly legit as well. Who this is? He's now infiltrated this to troll me. Instead of getting a hat and gown, yeah, and a scroll, do they I'm give you a white get a stethoscope? Coat? Yeah. No, because I'm not a medical doctor. Please don't get the two confused. I can't offer medical advice. Don't show me your wounds. I think you should just agree when it. Just say you're a doctor and don't explain it. No, because it's very much downplaying a very skilled maybe, profession maybe it will happen <laughs> in the opposite way when people go like oh you're a doctor and you'll be like yeah not one of those doctors and be like, oh perfect i have an academic question for you <laughs> oh God. when referencing uh secondary sources oh i could i can answer that that's fine what's the name of that really weird referencing system like harvard that's the one no i don't know <laughs> 
Well, you have to use special types of brackets in the Yeah, so there's order. different ones. This is absolutely terrible content for this. But there's different ones. There's like Harvard, Vancouver, there's APA. Yeah, you go you go mansplain it to us thickos. Oh, this is terrible content. Everyone knows the reference. No, as in like, this is really boring. No one needs to know this. So I'm going to move it on. So last week we said we would review an album that someone sent us to it. And then I obviously had a meltdown from Friday till Sunday. Because I was like, I can't do this. Hang on. Can we just clarify though? Do you know what the referencing system is? Or are you distracting us? <laughs> no, I know what the referencing system is. Check the show notes where Mickey will talk you through and prove There's to gonna us. There's going to be a follow-up YouTube video in the, uh, in the show notes where I will explain referencing. <laughs> to be clear, don't look for the show notes because... <laughs> I didn't do any laugh. Right. I think it's going to be worse when it just descends into an hour of giggling <laughs> at jokes that no one else finds funny. Like, we're laughing at referencing. Right. So. We're laughing at your career I, choices. If I had funny. a meltdown <laughs> Saturday and Sunday because I was like, the, my, who I am as a person can't, I can't review someone's album and I can't I can't do that to someone imagine someone's like right this album is like a really I got married the, the, all my everything yeah. the album like the tracks I got married to divorced to someone got buried to my children were born to are all on this album my and nan died on Christmas <laughs> listening to this song yeah I'm like it was terrible from start from start to finish I couldn't do that so I would just lie so this podcast would have been really disingenuous where I'd have been like, yeah, I really loved this album. It was great, thank you. I'm really glad it got you through the pandemic. So, so I changed it. and then You changed it to one where you have to sit next to someone. Yeah, well, I'm fine doing it to you. Well, I'll be honest, it was kind of a cop-out because I was like, I know that album that Owen gives me is not, I'm not going to hate should have should have worked out so yeah. but then there was a bit of me that was like so my initial idea was that we would give each other an album that like helped us find our voice or like light a little fire or just like was like a pivotal album when we were like alive which mickey did not explain when she said so i didn't text. explain this i basically sent like a really short thing which owen wrote and i quote i can put this in the show notes awesome full stop so i was like great owen's on board so then I spoke to him and he was like, don't understand what you mean, I haven't done it. I didn't say I didn't understand what you mean. I so, said, I don't really have... Oh yeah, I don't have an album. So then we changed it slightly to, yeah. But I was like, Owen will be petty enough to lie about what album this is so that I will have to listen to something horrendous for an hour and a half of my life. I bet he'll even find one that's like three hours long with 72 tracks on it that I'm gonna have to get through and I was like I, I can't you're in luck because if I was to list my top 10 albums of all time I'm not sure any of them would be more than 30 minutes long yeah so I was like yeah I was actually then I was like oh he's actually sent me quite a sensible one I mean it's not sensible but it's no. meaningful yeah exactly so you tell us all what the brief was for this so while I talk like a robot <laughs> um, I did so I, was ba I said you didn't you just waffled I said this is an album that I so I was like this is an album that's helped you well has made you realize 
I don't really know actually, how did you interpret it? Because I interpret it as this is an album that was like, well, I don't know, if I say what, how I've interpreted it. You said so many words and none of it makes sense. this all. Let's start again. Let's start again. Today, so, we, today we sent each other an album. That. So my album was like a point in my life where I was like, oh, it's okay to like do things on your own and be your own person. To like help me find a little voice. It was an incredibly small mouse voice. But it was like that moment where you're like, oh, okay, cool. I that, can be my own person. That would have been really helpful to know. But it's okay because it's exactly... That's fine. <laughs> well, what did you interpret it as? Yeah, that. But okay. it, was, it was difficult oh, because... Oh, no, I wrote it down differently. Yeah, you did write it down differently. Yeah, that's not why. Um, but it was... I think it's just different because we grew up in different musical worlds. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And different places. Yeah. I think that has a big thing. You were closer to Bath. Okay, so what was your album? So my album was Biffy Clyro's Puzzle. Released in 2007. 2007, so I was 14. First album they released after their deal with Beggar's Banquet, still had the label. Right, oh. so I'm just going to get this out of the way. Owen has actually made notes, and I didn't bring any notes. Owen's researched this. Uh, I have but that done was some off research. Of, that was not off notes, I just knew that. That was off, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, good knowledge. So yeah, so uh, should I talk about mine first? Do you want to talk about my face? And then we'll go into yours. But I've got a really good segue from yours into mine. Fine. Through research that I've done. Through research that you've done. Okay. So you sent me that. Yeah. And then I did nothing until you texted me angry. Yeah. And then, I mean, it wasn't difficult at all. Um, so I sent you Lightyear's debut album, Call of the Weasel Clan. Yeah. Shout out to Lightyear. So, bars. And then immediately Mel. I was like, why Neil. have you not got this album artwork tattooed on you? Well, it's been, I've, I've wanted a Lightyear tattoo probably since the first time I ever saw them in a pub in Bridgend. It should be that one. There's so many good tattoos in there. But like, imagine those little weasels. Yeah. I think it would be the, the coolest tattoo ever. If you don't get it, I'm getting it and I'm not even emotionally invested. <laughs> You've heard the album once, yeah, how no, are you not I, yeah. emotionally invested? Also, my friend just posted, he's working his way through his vinyl collection. Oi, oi, Dave Brent. You're definitely not listening to this, but oi, oi. Um, <laughs> and he p listened to the vinyl copy that was yeah. released later, and they omitted the weasels from the cover, so it's just plain blue background. Why? I'm furious. They were drinking. Do you have apparently. a contact detail? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I I'm going to write to them and be like, you should never change this album artwork. I think it's amazing. Okay, so what do you want, you want now? So, Am I supposed to talk about my album? Yeah, let's talk about your album. Okay. So why did like why did you pick that album? I picked that album because I grew up. I think I was in a band for the first time when I was fourteen, and that was primarily. But you know, I was just lent. I just wanted to be in a band, and my friend had was in a band in school, and we just played covers, and it was really difficult because I knew I didn't want to just be in a cover band, and I was terrible at music and writing music. So we started writing music and. Uh, went through the sort of like gateway bands of at the time they were just listening to I was just listening to Nirvana basically 24-7 and then we started listening to Therapy and the Wild Hearts and a load of British bands as well as like big American bands and then I think it was like a surf video I was before that I'd been listening to like Pennywise I didn't know the names of them I just knew these punk bands off this 
surf video momentum too and then started skating and like every skate video had awesome punk music on it so you go through like the big bands like offspring green mm. day and then you dig that you kind of look at like the t-shirts they're wearing and search out those bands which back then was really difficult that meant like going <laughs> going into oh, i cannot imagine where you would start with that like i didn't have the internet um <laughs> didn't have a computer so it'd be like going into hmv and buying a cd for, like an imported cd for 21 pound 99 which would take me weeks to save up for or find that's the money actually from. quite a lot of money back like, then back that was then. like that was about 100 pounds <laughs> Um, so yeah and then dug down found no effects the descendants all these kind of american melodic punk bands completely fell in love with it it's all i wanted to listen to 24 7 like formed a punk band in school started playing gigs worked out that instead like up until then it was always like you just assumed that you would write music this is going to be a long rant i'm really sorry um so basically just the further down you go the closer you get to like diy punk and like the idea of like the notion of like just do it all yourself so we recorded demos on four tracks and started booking gigs so instead of like instead of waiting for people to ask us to play somewhere which they were never going to do um and also like we were all underage and any gigs in swansea would be in venues that were licensed so you couldn't play so, so were we, you 14 when this was happening? No, I would have been probably like 16 at this. I was okay. I, I started playing maybe when I was like 14 onwards and then by the time play? I play, play guitar. started bass in uh, My Little Eskimo with Gwyn and Tom and Baglow. Oi, oi. Nice. Uh, and then got a guitar and formed Adam Went Home in school and we started playing gigs. So we were all underage and it was really good. Like it was the most fun thing ever and it was wild we were so we just started booking community centers to put gigs on um and like 300 kids would turn up stop it yeah we'd like shut down it was wild absolutely mental uh like really good fun and then we made we kind of made a rule that we would like we got pretty big you know we were number 19 in the mp3.com charts back when you didn't earn any money but you know like there were there were thousands of people listening yeah. to us um and I, we thought we were like a big deal we soon discovered we weren't um but the the idea of like booking these gigs and then big promoters in swansea wanted to put us on um and like kind of around south Wales, we had like a little bit more leverage mm. for gigs so we just decided that we wouldn't play like i've we never played a gig that wasn't all ages so oh, that's cool. they would have to like if it was you had to be 18 to get in we wouldn't play mm -hmm. so we face we used to play like gigs in escape and what is now sin city when it was around the corner they would have to do all ages versions played the patty pavilion a few times with bigger bands and they were all, like on the proviso that it was an all ages yeah. gig so there was like that's we turned down cool. some big stuff for that anyway we started like booking bands like uk bands so there was bigger labels kind of like the next step down who would be support you'd see a band from britain supporting an american band mm -hmm. and then you'd find out that you could contact them and a few of them had booking agents and it was a bit weird but we put on one band called shooting goon in 
I don't even know what it would be called now, in, in, in a lane in off Wine Street. Okay. Uh, but it used to be like a really cool, like weird, it's called the Function Suite, which is now like a big bar. What's the really posh restaurant by the Cross Keys? The Chelsea Cafe? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, do you know where the Cross Keys is? Yeah. This is not relevant if you don't oh know in Swansea. Oh my god, if you don't know in Swansea. Up the lane, there's a big pub yeah, yeah. and upstairs okay, yeah. in there, there was a place called the Function Suite. Oh, um... Don't ask me because I won't know the okay, answer. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't actually matter either, but yeah. No. So we put on a gig there, played with a band called Shooting Goon, who mm-hmm. assigned to Moonscar. Um, paid them the most money we ever, like, it was crazy. I think we paid them like £200, which was wild, and I thought I was going to have to go to the cash point and spend <laughs> all my life savings on it. But we didn't, like, it was really busy. We sold all the tickets. And then they told us about a band called, uh, I think Tom from the band was like, oh, you should check out a band called Lightyear. Um, He's like, yeah, they're crazy, and basically they'll play anywhere. Which is, I don't think he meant it to be that disparaging. But we then, by happenstance, like a couple of weeks later, Nerf Herder, uh, who you would know from being the band that played the Buffy the Vampire, (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer team, they played the Toll House in Bridge End, so we went to see them, and... There's an interesting side note about that for another episode. Uh, we went to see them and Lightyear supported. And we did, I'd never heard them, didn't know anything about them, but I knew they were the band that we'd been told to like check out. And it was on that night that my whole like life changed. So like playing music, it all still seemed like kind of weirdly corporate and you had to like have a label and do all this stuff. And then these seven guys from Derby came out as a support, like unknown support band. Chaz at the time had, I think two of them had the Robocrop, so they had shaved their eyebrows off and cut their hair to look like <laughs> the guy from Robocop, so they just had like round the back of their ears as hair and it was insane and they played all their songs, like they, they've never written a bad song, they had like a, there's a part in one of their songs where they all hold up drumsticks and just like do like Morris dancing basically <laughs> it, it, they, they it was just insane. It was like completely blew my mind. Like my head melted. Um, I'd gone there to see this band Nerf. I thought it was going to be amazing. Like it was really cool. And like couldn't have given a monkeys about them. Yeah. So we booked them for gigs. I, I mean, I would consider them my friends. They may feel completely differently. Um, uh, and yeah, like just I think I've seen like yeah. Ca- oh, well, I couldn't count the number of times and. We went to their last ever gig, the first time they split up, their last ever gig the second time. <laughs> Been to every reunion tour <coughs> since. Um, their second, like, so I sent you the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, their second album, what, like, is even better, in my opinion. But I think it's one of those weird ones where it's like, if you haven't seen them live, I don't know if it translates as profoundly as it does to... But basically, they mm. open my eyes to, like music but like if you just write music for you yeah and do it because you love it regardless of the outcome yeah and that you just like just ignore all the other stuff mm-hmm. no i really like that and i, I would see them forever like if they reform every year for the next 100 <laughs> years i'll go yeah i feel like you like when i listen to it i was like i bet they would be amazing to see live like i think you get that through like listening to them like, yeah. I wish I could have done. You can. They'll they're like they. they I'll oh, just reform, wait for yeah. the next one. <laughs> but I, well, it was it was nerve wracking because they took a longer time to reform after mm-hmm. the last time they split up, and I think Bo, it was 
We were due, oh Bones was due God, to be born. Oh my God, I know, And yeah. I, went, I went to Bristol. That Brist was to see Lightyear. Yeah, I went to see them in Bristol. And I was, I was like, oh my goodness. And it was one of those things where I was like, what if, what if they're bad now? What if they're slow? And yeah. it was really weird because the, the, the audience, we were all noticeably like just old people, <laughs> which is a really bad mix for a gig because it usually just involves people standing there angrily. Oh my gosh. And they came on and played and the, the whole thing went mental and wow. it was awesome. So I, and I didn't miss the birth of both. I didn't realise that that was like, yeah, because I remember you being like, I really need to go to this thing in Bristol, but like, my child could get born any second. Yeah. I remember it being like such a horrible, like, don't know, it must have been like really horrible for you to like have to weigh up. Can oh, I go no. see this Can band we... that changed my life or? No, let, let's be clear, obviously. It's like... oh, obviously the child would win. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. Massively underwhelmed. No, I'm joking. No, I'm no, not yeah, underwhelmed. Um, Blind Side's my favourite one. Strong choice. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I haven't got, like, my friend got a tattoo of like your lyrics mm -hmm. that I really wanted, but he uh. beat me to it. So I was like, oh, I can't do that. So he got, this music doesn't belong to you. Okay. On your arm. But yeah, Blindside's amazing. Yeah. All the songs, like, Positive Outlook is like, mm -hmm. but I, I thought it through. I remember, well, when we got married in 2004, I spoke to Aaron, the guy who did my tattoo in Las Vegas, and he was like, I was like, oh, I really want this entire chorus tattooed on me. Yeah. And he was like, sometimes some things work better as not, not as a tattoo. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm. That's quite a nice way of being like, don't, this will look yeah. shit. Well, I think it was just like, he's like, that's like 80 words. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah, fair. Well, that's quite nice of him to stop you doing that. That's a good friend. What's your favourite one off that album? Do you have a favourite one off that album? Um... No, it depends on the day. No fair. Yeah, but I really like, like it. I listen to it like it's a it's a no skip album. Yeah. So when I listened to it, I was like, so the last so I've listened to it like three times since oh. you sent it to me. Um, but I have listened to Blindside probably like about ten times because I really like it. The chorus on that yeah, is it's really good. But it, it physically affects me. Yeah. The album from start to finish. I like it. So like, I really like. So I'm probably you're probably gonna get offended by what I say, but I really like Madness and the specials and things like that. So they Why kind would of, I be offended? I don't know because I was like, oh, <coughs> does it actually like feed into each other? But I really like Madness and the specials and things. So like, I think. Well, there'd be no it's, third yeah, wave no, of scar punk yeah. if there was no Madness and the specials. Exactly. Sure. So I thought. So then, as soon as I listened to that album. Nah. So the podcast just cut out. <laughs> We've learned that it only records for thirty minutes, and that's fine. Technical glitches aside. So. You were just talking about it inspired you to go listen to Madness and the specials, yeah. and I wasn't offended. No. And then you told me that your dream job was to be... The brass player from Lightyear. Because? The, because you just get people excited. Like, yeah. your sole job is just to get people excited. So that first, like, 10 seconds, and that's longer than 10 seconds, like 30 seconds, is just you getting people really excited. I know exactly the song you're thinking. Dun, dun. Yes! That is dun, the dun, one! Dun, dun, <laughs> yes! <dun. laughs> so then... Um, so yeah, then yeah. So That's the song with the drumsticks. Is it really? Yeah. So that's the, my dream job, just to get people amped. And then we had a big conversation about how you should just be the trumpet player from like in, just yeah, in life, life anyway. Yeah. And I, so I, I then said that that's the whole point. Like one of the big things for starting shop with Carrie Water is getting people excited about what they might think is ordinary, but actually 
it's not like what they're doing is amazing but they just don't have a voice in saying that to people that would think it was amazing so long story short i'm now leaving all of my like i'm leaving my job and i'm gonna get to grade eight on the trumpet grade eight i don't grade eight. sorry that's how i massive just... compliment to light years brass section that <laughs> mickey defines you as grade eight yeah grade eight trumpet player or saxophone player we had a trumpet player in the band dave bird back in swansea now yeah i just think it's yeah so when i was so i was reading an article about like ska punk and stuff so there's an article in Kerrang that was written in 2018 about how it's really uncool and this guy is like trying to defend it and be like, no, it is really cool, guys. Like, you should, uh, you know, like Lightyear do really funny things. Like, but, like that's the whole thing is that. But he writes that it's one of the it's one of the only like genres where it gives everyone a chance to like be in a band. So like normally being in a band is like guitar, bass, drums, and then you like can sing. But this one is like, oh, all those like random kids that were still playing trumpet in like <laughs> year 11. We've got a job for you. It's exactly what we did. And I really like that. Yeah. Like even those kids, you know, and you're just like in school and you get to like, when you're like 15, you're like, why is that kid still playing the sax? Like my sister plays played the saxophone when she was in secondary school. I've just had a thought. Kirsten, quit your job. Start a Scarpine band. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm now going to just every time I message I'm just going to message your sister at programming with what's that really fit not Kenji yeah, the saxophone song is it Baker Street? no, no, no. Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you have to do all her workouts will be just, for the length of time the Careless Whisper right Careless Whisper is a really like you Careless Whisper is a really funny joke in my family don't tell me why and I'll just okay. plough ahead with this okay. really inappropriate joke anyway so yeah, so like what my sister was playing saxophone in secondary school, I'd be like, why the hell is she? Like, that seems just so random. And what she really needed was just a ska punk band to join. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, like, just because it's not, like, you go to a ska punk gig, everyone's having the best time. Yeah, I get that. That being said, there are absolutely terrible ska punk bands. Oh, I believe that. I believe you can do it really badly. Yeah. But I, I just really like the whole. I don't know. I really like that it's, it's just. Don't know. For me, listening to that album, I was like excited. Awesome. I, I liked I, it. That means a lot. And but I, I feel, feel like oh. when I was listening to it, there was an irony in me. My first listen was me listening to it while doing revisions on a paper I'd submitted, and I felt that there was some real irony in me listening to ska punk and trying to do that. I was like, I don't think I should be doing this while doing this. Like, I need to go do something much better, much cooler than this while listening to this album. Nah, I think it's, you know... Can I tell you about one of the bits that really offended me, though? Really offended you? Like, when you... like, So there's a bit where they, like, list stuff, and they're like, okay, would you do this? Yeah. One of the things is, would you drink, ha like, my spit? I was, <laughs> I was out. A pint of spit? Oh, I was like, I can't... Okay, so, let's be clear. You could multiple like i reckon there's probably a thousand people around the uk that could all do a week's worth of podcasts just about light year stories right just to put it in context when they stayed at our house before um they played we played the patty i think it was the patty pavilion and then they all went out and got absolutely hammered and i Is think it, it does was it involve spit they if it involves no, spit, it, i can't deal with it all the things that they list i was like fine 
but it was the spit thing that really got to me like, I can't stand spit and I was literally like when I the first time I listened to it didn't pick up on it second time I listened to it didn't and then the third time I was like oh my god you, you like like you don't need to be defined by their tall stories but no. you should go see them live and so in that article I read it said that they were doing a film have they done a film has that film come out no, Chaz, is, so they um, funded a documentary on mm-hmm. the UK music scene yeah. through Pledge Music, which mm-hmm. folded, so they've... Right, okay. So if you want to support that, get in touch with Chaz, they are okay. making it. Yeah, because it's, it's crowdfunded. A, yeah, yeah, it's a long-term project that okay. they're working on. Because yeah. I read that and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's out yet. And then I didn't go any further with that. But I mean, I, I feel like I could talk for... T- I'm trying to be really mindful of the fact that I could drone on for days about just about light year but i think it shows how much of an effect they had on you yeah they like fundamentally they changed my life Mm -hmm. definitely and it's really i will tell you quickly so they bands of that era kind of it's they you know they would play gigs we supported them you could book them they played like it was it's i feel like i'm really privileged in the fact that like a lot of my favorite bands of all time that if you contextualise it with people that listen to big, really multi-famous, but like, I love these bands and these albums as much as I loved Nirvana. Mm-hmm. My chances of meeting people from Nirvana, yeah. whereas like, I can drop them, you know, I can, I can consider, well, you, you consider someone your friend, like, but I can, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've met and hung out and chatted with these people. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really privileged position to be in, but I did laugh, so they they used to talk about um like bands that were like they were constantly touring and they talk about punishers mm-hmm. and i remember being at Reading in bars talking about oh yeah blah 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 a bunch of punishers and defining like the, the term is defined as you know people that you meet on tour and just want to talk to you about your band mm-hmm. and he was talking to me um a couple of us in red and he was like talking about punishers and i just had the revelation of like i was like bars i'm a punisher <laughs> All I want to do is like hang out with you and be like, yeah. So you know, on this song that you play, like it just to, yeah, which is really hard. But um, yeah, they were always very gracious about that. So yeah, that's the Punisher story. I'm definitely a Punisher. Hmm, I get that. But I'm a Punisher to everyone about everything in life anyway, so it's fine. only stuff you're really passionate about. Yeah. Or like have like. I just hope ev- it, I would love it if everyone had a band like like you know, and there's mm-hmm. you know like a band that you. I one of the things like getting tattoos and music is really dangerous because as we discussed and cut out the last podcast you know people can let you down and make really dumb decisions yeah. but if there was a band that was like 100% like yeah you could get you could get a light year tattoo and know mm-hmm. that you're safe and you know on the other side of things they if you just listen to them on a tertiary level like just skip skip you know like skim play it or whatever in the background mm-hmm. you'd be like oh it's kind of you could, I guess, people because it's immature or it's just like novelty. But their lyric, like, their lyrics are incredible, mm. and they, you know, they were the first band that like made politics relevant to me. Yeah. So I really think cool. part of growing up and being part of like the, like the UK punk scene or any punk scene is, it's interesting now, when people are talking about anti-racism and, you know fast fashion ethics and stuff and it's i i guess a lot of people that i know would feel the same it's like we just took it for granted that that was something again we were really lucky that that was something that was integral to so if you you know if you go through the lyrics Mm -hmm. of bands like that they they discuss a lot of issues back then that are now 
people are talking about like oh my gosh like i didn't realize yeah. this so yeah i guess it's but that's a part of being a bubble and you know that it's not that any of us are without fault or anything like that it was just a really good head start in looking yeah. at like bigger issues as well yeah that's really nice and it's still recording okay good so my segue into my album was that while i was looking at like ska punk and stuff is that a lot of people that had started in ska punk have gone on to do different things like lots of different things and ugh, i can't remember the name but someone from goldfinger went and produced some of biffy Clyro's music the singer john uh yeah yeah yeah. So that was my segue into my album, which I thought was really seamless, but now I've said it, it sounded like it was really laboured. It's not really laboured, it makes total sense, yeah. So yeah, so the yeah. album that I picked was Biffy Clyro's Puzzle. So tell me tell me all about it. Well, I feel like my reason is not as profound. And I see, this is imposter syndrome. Yeah, I know. So it's probably not going to come as a shock to most people that it was an incredibly awkward 14-year-old. <laughs> Still waiting for you to grow out of that. Still waiting, on, yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know, it was weird. Like, I think everywhere, I think any school or, like, being growing up at that age, I think you struggle, I think a lot of people struggle to, like, know who they are and they're, like, flitting between groups. So, like, my big thing was that I really liked, I really liked music, but I felt like I had to, like, slot into certain genres of music to, like, make certain people happy if that makes sense so i had like one group of friends who were like oh let's buy the most recent clubland album and then there'd be like another group of friends so like one of my friends shona who did a playlist for us a lot of my music to start with was because shona had been like oh you should listen to this person or you should listen to this person so then i started off and i was like oh, i much prefer this type of music and then but like always it was always dictated by someone else so someone else was always like you should listen to this or like you should go look at this album and then for Christmas, when I was 14, no, it must have been, I must have been younger than, yeah, no, I was 14. My uncle Guy, who is like the polar opposite of my dad, was like, I've bought you tickets to go and watch the Kerrang tour with me. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, that, that would have been my, my first gig that I would have gone to. So then he was like, oh, can you check who's playing? And it was just like loads of, quite small bands at the time and Biffy Clyro were headlining it so I was like okay and then we went it was just me and my uncle guy and then Biffy Clyro came on and it just changed I was like yeah this band like my favorite band from song one I was like yeah I love them um like I don't really know what it was about them but it was just like I was like oh this is finally something like a band that I found that is literally just one that I found by myself and I don't need permission from anyone else to like them because I found them by myself and I love them and then like so during that gig my uncle got so I'm 14 I'm probably like half the size I am now and I'm not big now I feel like you told me this story when I first met yeah, you yeah so my uncle guy was like wow she's got to get the full experience so just pushed me straight into the middle of a mosh pit and I came back and I had a fat lip and everything my, I was like what the fuck was that but I was like oh, this is the best thing ever like it was so good I loved it um so e like even now like so they were like the first one where I was like oh, okay so this is like the first band I found that I really like I don't need permission from anyone to like them no one's told me about them they're like yeah so that, that was pretty much the start and then 
they hadn't released Puzzle at that time. They were like just playing tracks from Puzzle in that thing. So in the you say they hadn't released? Had, that hadn't been released. Hang on. The dog is here snoring. I thought you said they hadn't released it. Oh no, they just like, hadn't I thought it was a much bigger no. album than that. So they hadn't released it. So they were like playing tracks off it, but they hadn't fully released it. Because I remember before we went, I'm privileged enough to be to have the internet at my disposal. So obviously I was like, oh, I'm just gonna find out some of the stuff that they played before. Um, so yeah, it was before. So where, did, where would that have been? That wouldn't have been Spotify. No, um, it would have been through like... Napster. No, I used LimeWire. Lime Did you ever Wire. use LimeWire? No, you wouldn't have used LimeWire. No, I think that was post Napster. I think Napster got closed down. Yeah, so then, so it would have been through LimeWire. So I downloaded a few songs and then, yeah, and then I went to see them. And then Puzzle was released shortly afterwards. And then I was like, oh, this album is like... Like, it's, it's just one of those I'll listen from start to finish. And it's got everything, so it's like... It's like, tra there's like, it's like acoustic tracks and it's like huge like orchestral pieces like it's just I don't know it's just everything it takes every box but they were like my band and then I bought a t-shirt and then I wore it out the next day and was like oh I found this band that like, you never would have heard of but like I know who they are and then people were like oh who are they and I'm like I'm not telling you <laughs> and then for ages I had a really big thing about being like don't tell anyone who they are like because I can 100% relate to that. Do, like, do you get it? Like, I feel like it's a really dickhead thing to be like, but I was like, I'm not telling, I don't want to tell people who, I don't want to share them because if I do share them, people are going to start listening to them. I was like, I don't want to share them because people will listen to them and ruin them for me, which eventually did end up happening because then Radio 1 found them. Uh, I think it's really cool that you think that Radio 1 found them after they released the puzzle. <laughs> Well, no, they were on Radio One at Puzzle. Yeah, you're but... like, yeah, they so they headlined the Kerrang tour, and then then they were. Well, you have we have different things on that opinions on that. No, but in, in terms of them, bright like they're yeah. now a globally yeah yeah renowned like mega band yeah. So yeah, which makes are... me quite sad actually that that's now where they're at because I'm like everyone listens to them, and it was really annoying because I was like, you're like like no, they helped me yeah. like find where I was like oh, okay you don't have to like fit into different groups you can just be your own person like liking your own music and then to then fast forward to like 10 years later where you're like oh cool everyone listens to them you know and like like that one of their songs was an x-factor winner release oh yeah mm. yeah that but really they changed just... the name of the song but I think that's the that's the difficulty isn't it it's like when you go and people that you know don't like music like like your music mm -hmm. and then they're like oh it's the kind of thing like you could go and see the Foo Fighters who you know I remember being like devastated that Kurt Cobain had killed himself yeah I mean if he did uh that's controversial <laughs> tune in Cut next that. week for the uh, Kurt and Courtney episode I've right I have theories okay. I read a whole book on it Right, cut this. Okay, if you could, I, I'm gonna move the dog because he's just. Can you hear that? <laughs> he's just gonna. I mean, if you could hear the pack of crows that were on last week's episode. Yeah, I know, but like this is a weird like. Yeah. If I you can't it. see the dog. It does sound quite weird. <laughs> it does, yeah, I'll I'll feed him. Well, I think um, week. You by talk week, about your. You talk about your kid and um, Build a studio that dogs and crows. No, so we week by week we should just bring a new type of animal into the week. podcast that like soundtracks it in the background. I'm not talking about my conspiracy theory on this. I don't want you to just make a bank of um, sound bites. 
of me saying controversial things. What was that about the Lost Prophet? Ah, oh, stop it. Okay, no, you. So and it's really funny because I really wanted a Biffy Clyro tattoo, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, don't." Who said don't? A tattooist was like, "Nah, don't do that." Because I, I wanted like the start to. I think it was machines. Like the like the score of it. Oh, nice. And they were like, "Yeah, well, don't do that." And I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "It's straight lines." That is never going to come out well. And now that I've watched four series of Ink Master, <laughs> I can tell you that that's because that tattooist was not yeah, confident in their ability. Yeah. But yeah, they were like, don't do it. So I've never got it done. But yeah, they were just like, yeah, you know, you can like your own thing and you can do your own thing. That was kind of the start of it, I think. But it was like a small part in that. Because then I found them and then I really struggled to find my voice until. I mean, I'm 27, nearly 28. Yeah, but you, you remove that. Yeah, and I don't think I ever would have branched out. You might still be going to Ibiza and... Oh. So there's a song on that album, on Puzzle, called Get Fuck Stud. And I was like, the amount of people at that I was time gonna in my avoid, life... I wrote notes about it, but I was going to avoid saying the title so we could uh, keep a PG rating for iTunes. I wasn't really going. Uh, yeah, so there's a song. Um, And like... I was like, oh, the amount of people at that time I wanted to tell to get fucked was so, like, so that, like, I was like, ah, oh, this song is just everything I want to say to people, but, like, So how, song, how old had you been then? I would have been 14, so it was 2007 <laughs> that album was released. Okay. So, yeah. But now it's just got to a bit of, like, I don't know, like, I love that album. I love all of their stuff before that. So then, obviously, once I found Puzzle, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back through. Like, so the next day, when I wore my T-shirt out, went to HMV and bought, like, their other albums. Like, um, Joy, Discovery, Invention from Black and Sky is, like, one of my favourite songs of all time. And I get really annoyed when I go to Biffy Clyro, like, gigs, and I'm like, no one knows the words to 57 or Just Boy. I'm like, what? Like, it really annoys me. And it's the same, so like, it'll be, so there'll be like people, like there'll be a mosh pit and then there'll be like people on the side. And then I'll be like, I'm just going to push that girl in because she doesn't have a fucking clue what they were like before this album. It's one of my sister, me and my sister's favourite games. At most gigs. Bullying people. Yeah, just gigs. bullying people. Don't stand on the edge of it if you're not willing to go in, is my opinion on it. Don't film it. If you're stood on the edge filming it, I'm pushing you in. But, um, yeah, like... It's just, I don't know, I just feel like they're one of those, the crows of now joining us. yeah, because it'd be huge. But yeah, they're just one of those, they're just one of those bands where I was like, I love that album, I'm really glad they came at that time in my life, but I am a bit sad of where it's at now. Well, not, not where they're at. No, where but the, where the it's at. The fact that people like them. It's yeah, a, that's it is, really selfish. But. It's not selfish, it's a difficult concept to have, isn't it, where you can't control, you obviously want them to be successful, so... I don't know. I wish that Lightyear had the commercial success of Biffy Clyro mm. for Lightyear, but obviously I don't yeah. wish that they So were. when you were like explaining Lightyear to me, I was like, I kind of wish that Biffy Clyro was like that for me. Like, that there was a bit... So I think that Is a, that crow trolling us? No, it's a magpie fighting. Hang on. <laughs> Just because you can't see this, Owen's now gone to throw a stick. Thank 
Yes! I am so that. impressed with that aim. You got it. Team sports. For everyone listening at home, the vegan just attacked some magpies. I didn't. In a tree. I just saved it from a cat. No, I attacked it in a tree. Yeah, so like there's, yeah, there is a bit of me that's like, I wish that they could have been like a bit more like that, yeah. Not that I can say I wish they weren't as successful. No. But. But it, it's just, yeah. It, it's when people you like them. Yeah, but you couldn't book Biffy Clyro and have them stay over at your house. No, yeah, no. But then Biffy Clara are still a band and don't have to all work full time mm-hmm. and talk. Like, so in the last tour, Nell had to, but his dad had to drive him from work oh, to the gig. Really? Yeah, so that he could go straight back after playing a gig to go oh to work the next day. Cause it was such a, so it was like drive from Derby to Bristol Shit. and back. So that's the, that's the flip side of it. Like most of my favourite bands mm. never had the sort of free and that like is a a bigger problem isn't it you know you look at now the notion of bailing out the arts industry mm-hmm. well imagine lockdown without music or netflix exactly so like so people so like this week we've i've had like some amazing like overwhelmingly like nice feedback about the pandemic playlists and like just the whole notion of what we're doing and people were like you know, like, if it wasn't for music filling a silence, or you making me aware that music is actually really important to me, or, like, making me aware that I do have extra time to listen to music, I don't... Like, it's just helped a bit. Yeah. So, like, you, you know, talking about, like, the arts bailout and stuff, you can't underestimate, like, how important those things are to people. No, and it's it's... It's a whole other massive discussion about the music industry and how things work and how soul destroying it used to be mm-hmm. to discover it. Like you have like the veil pull back and realise that like a lot of stuff is all about money and that it's not like when I found out that, you know, people that worked for music magazines were not going out seeking out new music mm-hmm. and were being paid yeah. and given stuff to review and you could book it you could just pay a PR company and get all that stuff done mm. for you and to be on like the cover of a magazine cost this much to be on the cover cd cost this it was like yeah. really deflating but um yeah there's nothing i i i get where you're coming from with like it's it's really hard when the band that means so much to you is liked by people that you're like i don't want you to like this yeah it's like it's really annoying but you know, they is that help. why Mr. Brightside is such a bugbear for you? Is that your song, and then the people took it from you? No, no that's not why. I'm not even going to go down that again okay. because people were people did did get very defensive about that to me. So I can't comment on whether you should or shouldn't put that on at the end of nights out. But yeah, I think. You know, like Kerry, I like I play Biffy Claro a lot, and other people, and he will always be like, "Oh, you're really edgy. You should really like Biffy Claro before they're big." Like he takes piss all the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, I like I, I feel like they are a little bit mine." And I know there's probably people listening to this, but they're being like, "Yeah, well, I went to see them and they had like 50 people in front of them." 
and then but you when you feel like something is yours it's really hard to have to share that with people that don't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily have in your social circle or that would align with people that you'd want to share that with yeah I, like it's um a very difficult thing to rationalize in your own because it doesn't matter at all on some levels mm. but when it matters to you it really matters it really matters so to contextualize mm-hmm. this when so you were 14 and it was yeah. like your discovery of music well yeah like music that i'd found yeah. and that i was like you can't like you can't listen to this so i i did my research i think because i when it wasn't an unknown album to me mm-hmm. but i never owned it so i i know that i've got a cd copy of revolutions mm-hmm. so i was like okay well i i'm sure i know this album but i know i could, so i looked at it, like when was it released and in my mind i was like oh it's ages ago it must be like 2012 <laughs> actually i'm really old so 2000 it was 2007 and i have no concept of time so i, I had to go through my facebook timeline to find out where i was yeah. in 2007 then i realized that i don't even know if i was on facebook or if it existed in 2007 but i we were, I was still working for my job as a digital outreach <laughs> worker. So 2007, um, we'd been to the States. Um, so I would have been, how old would I have been? Really old, 26. That's not that, oh yeah, no, that is. How old do you know? I'm 28. So I'd have been. I'm 27. I'm 28. Yeah. So I would have been like 26, um, already like, so you're 12 years older than me. 81, I was born. You're 11 years older than me. So I was well down the rabbit hole of like obscure mm. bands. Yeah. You know, so they, they were on my radar. And I remember, what's the. Okay, what are the song titles now? Saturday Super House. Yeah. Um, the Match. There's a, there's a music video and it's got a peer. Yeah. That was on MTV2, mm-hmm. it would have been. And I remember being like, oh, these are really good. And I was like, oh, this is the band mm-hmm. that do 57. Yeah. And I, because I really, I really love 57. Like, and this is, I love the sort of like eclectic, bizarre timings, how complex it was. And they were a band that would have played the bar. So they were a little bit like, oh, they're kind of, <laughs> even when they were, even when, like, 57, they were a little bit mainstream. Yeah. That, but they because they would be playing the Barfly on mm-hmm. like sponsored tours and stuff but um yeah re- like they were really cool in that they did that there was a lot of kind of strange parallels between is it Simon Neil I'm making up his name no, the singer Simon. and Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. so there's you know they, they there's more than like a passing resemblance and there's a lot of parallels so I can completely understand why People would, but I think if you grew up listening to Nirvana, mm-hmm. you would always hear Nirvana and other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like thinking, oh, that like this is awesome. So it's, sh- it's a shame that they're so famous that I can't like them. Probably mm. no, not that. But then no. I, d- I know that I didn't buy the album, so I, I think I only would have heard them. I like this. I was trying to work out. I was like, well, how would I have listened to them? Because Spotify wasn't a thing. No. So it would have been on. MTV2 like or on the rock you know like yeah, rock yeah. channels and I would have probably had to listen to them on MySpace yeah I suppose that would be the 
And I remember yeah. being like, oh, all, like I like all of these. And obviously, they, as they progressed, they did the thing of like, I think they were like a band that have evolved. But I'm not going to get into Biffy Clyro, and because I'm not one <laughs> no. to speak on them. But the notion of like this album. So I listened to this album start to finish, and yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I. I I had to go back on Wikipedia to make sure wiki Wikipedia <laughs> it to find out if I was listening to the correct track listing for when it would have been released yeah. when Mickey was ten, um, and as I discussed with you prior to this, I think it should have stopped on nine fifteen. Yeah, which we both agreed. I think that would be an awesome finish to the album. And then what's this? What's the weird country and western song they end on? Mm. Oh. Anyway, they end on like a. There's two more songs. One of them's a bonus track. Yeah. So I was like, okay, discount that. But all. Uh, so a couple of things. Let me refer to my, oh my notes. God, Sorry, I'm also gonna have to just. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna document the time that Owen actually made notes. So the the key takeaway that I would have from this in my <laughs> in my book. Yeah. Um, is I knew the riffs, not the songs. Yeah. So I must have put the songs on to listen to or listen to it all in pieces and I was like oh I like I can I will have hummed and played out some of those like so to in yeah like 915th the riff I knew mm-hmm. um and then those bits where I was like when I was listening to it I was like oh yeah this song yeah. and there's a I am really weird that I get very fixated on like parts of songs yeah and I mean I mean to the like to the point of like oh this drum fill is amazing but uh on whole child ago the bit where they go like why don't you just ask like that yeah i was yeah. like god oh, like i it brought back loads to me but i'd never listened to maybe four of the songs off the album i just never mm-hmm. got to it because I'd never listened to it as an album yeah i suppose unless you went and bought it at yeah, that you time wouldn't. you wouldn't have listened to it as an album yeah so they were a bit too late to be <laughs> a bit they were like 12 years too late mm. so basically when you were born I stopped buying albums yeah. and like once you didn't have to like buy from HMV so the I remember like for me growing up it would have been for, it would have been like buying the second Radiance Machine album mm-hmm. on the day it came out yeah listening to it on my discman yeah. on the bus reading the lyrics on the yeah. way home and it was like ah oh, and you know oh my god the you would listen to the, the entire albums yeah and like listen yeah. to the, and that's a that's a thing that you definitely see in punk bands like diy punk bands is like the lyrics are really important and they put them in, but like the cost factor mm-hmm. you would have to produce a lot of them would like make their own album or they'd be signed to a label and then you had the choice of like do you it costs more to have a colour yeah. booklet. Like, you couldn't have, like, a, a picture on your CD. It would cost more. So it was, like, everyone was trying to do it at, like, the lowest possible cost. So uh, if you okay. put... Some bands would, like, make their album and then hand photocopy lyric sheets. Mm-hmm. Or then it was, like, oh, they, when there was a base on the internet, you could put your lyrics online. So I think, like, growing up now, kids miss out. But then, also, do you need a lyric sheet for modern music? I mean, arguably no. But that you know, there's not that's not all music, is it? But a lot of no, it, it's but different. I, I think so. A discussion I had this week was like, I think it it relates to that is that people aren't aware of song lyrics. You know, like people will listen, like people will put on Stormzy's music and just listen to it and be like, oh, I like this. But then if you listen to it, there is a lot of stuff in there he talks about that you should be paying attention to. But, you know, if you're not 
if you're just listening to it, I think that I think that's a point that people miss. Like I think not, not yeah, I think that that's more of a mo- like modern thing. Like that you miss that sort of thing. And because you're not buying a CD, you're just downloading it or you're, you know, you're just streaming it. You miss that whole thing of like taking out the sleeve of an album and then like reading through it and being like, oh, these are the lyrics and like listening to the lyrics and reading them for that reason. Instead of just being able to be like, just sing along to them with no understanding Wait, yeah. of why they're there. Well, that's that example, isn't it? Like the, the absolutely bizarre notion of drunk Welsh people mm-hmm. singing along to the chorus of Design for Life by the Manic Street Preachers. Mm-hmm. And like the song is written about them, not in a nice way. Yeah. You know, like that. It, it's like life imitates art. It's this really strange uh, balance. Yeah. And yeah, it's that. That's the whole argument about elitism, isn't it? Where you can. Well, you it's can, just some like, people just like music and yeah. listen to anything, and then you know, for you, even with a band like Biffy Clyro, whose lyrics are more obscure. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. And you know, if about like that, you probably know more about them as a band and their beliefs and their stance and whether one of them's a vegetarian or mm. whatever. And it's been really interesting seeing them engage over lockdown with their strange home sets. Yeah. And what's the weird, the weird thing he swings when he comes into his... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice visual cue for all yeah. the auditory listeners. Yeah, no. I think... Yeah, I suppose... And it's not to say it's right, it's just different. Some people yeah. will just be like, yeah, I love you too. They write good songs and it's... I, you know, this is where it becomes strange. I take everything too personally when it comes to music because it's been a fundamental... Like, I, I'm only the person I am because of my experience of playing music, writing mm-hmm. music, be, and listening to the bands I listen to. But the notion of uh, certain bands... So this is, this is the stupid story I've told people. So years ago, Queens of the Stone Age, like, great. I loved... Um, not the big album they did, the one before. Um, anyway, I really liked them. And then Brody Dahl from The Distillers was married to Tim mm-hmm. from Rancid. Mm-hmm. And she had an affair with Josh Homme from yeah. Business Stone. Oh, you have told and me And it broke before. Tim Armstrong's yeah. heart. So I've never, like, to this day, I've never listened either to The Distillers or yeah. um, Queens of the Stone Age. Out of principle, for a person I've never met never will meet but wrote songs that shaped my life yeah. so i'm like well the, this is the size of the line and yeah you know you can tell some people and you might just be being nice be like oh yeah I, I get that no i no i i get it and then other people would be like you have a problem yeah well, <laughs> or like, I get, well it's like, just music i get fiercely defensive when people are like i think this is this is shit and i'm like like you know when people like say like if you are in charge of stuff like if you're in charge of like picking the song on like a car journey or whatever and then you put something on and people like turn it off it's shit i'd be like Ugh, cuts me but i used to be the person it actually physically hurts me when people are like you cut no, well, when you said like oh send me an album i was like i don't know if we should do this <laughs> yeah if but you're like, i think if i think it was i knew it was a safe thing to do because i don't think that you would I, even though you do troll me, I don't think that you're mean enough to be like, what the fuck are you doing listening to this? But no. also, like, I knew that what you would send me, I would probably end up liking, just based off what you've sent me before. I was like, oh, I know that it will be something that I will like to listen to. So maybe it was a cop-out in that respect. No, it's not a cop-out. But, but I think, you know, with that, it's a, it's a good... It, 
you know when you try and think like why are we doing a podcast well what are we talking a big part of it is if you're trying to tell other people their voice has value you should probably value your own so yeah. i'm like okay well you know if 40 people listen to it and 39 of them are like oh that was really boring and one person was like i do that with mm-hmm. music then it's worth it yeah i think so too so the notion of what's interesting is i got to light year via big bands that and it was like a continuous kind of like dig deeper dig deeper mm-hmm. um but that was because i grew up play music and trying to work out pathways through it mm-hmm. whereas like for biffy clyra it's interesting with bigger bands that they don't necessarily until there's a documentary made about them you don't necessarily it stops with that band mm-hmm. or who they take out on support with them yeah but then that's what's really weird is like for big bands like that a lot of the support slots are paid for mm-hmm. so what what i didn't know until i was like 18 was you assume that you would just be given a tour supporting a big band if you were awesome yeah and it turns out it's not you pay to play yeah that's insane so your your record company like we will pay twenty thousand pounds for you to go on tour with this band and it was that's ridiculous because i always thought it would be like i suppose oh biffy clara's favorite band yeah it'll be like oh i've we've we've heard this band so we're gonna bring them on tour with us well and then my friends in bands have toured with big bands Mm. like huge bands and i've been like what are they like like i don't know we haven't met them Oh, that's really sad. So you think, oh, well, you get something. Mm. But I guess if you've been in a band for 25 years and you're a multi-millionaire megastar, you're probably doing weird stuff anyway. But yeah. the notion of, you know, for Biffy Clyro, for you, it's like, how how would that, you know, can you trace back? But then you might trace it all the way back and he's like, yeah, I just listened to you 2 and Bruce yeah. Springsteen. Or they obviously grew up from... A place so like people that like frank turner you could go back he was in million dead and then million dead played with other bands in extra and small scenes and you find your way down to other mm. bands that influence them but that for people growing up and discovering music it doesn't you don't have to and ultimately if you trace music back really far i like bands from years ago with terrible production values but i can't i can understand why if i played people they'd be like this is garbage yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything if you weren't there or yeah. you didn't, it didn't shape you in that sense. Yeah. But I remember m- messaging you ages ago, a Dinosaur Junior song. Yeah. Because I was like, ah, oh, you like Biffy Claret. Yeah. I think you'll like this well, you song. You messaged me the whole album and then you were like, oh, I think you'll like this. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like Black and Sky, I think. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I th- yeah. I think it's just, it. I think being brought up in like, such a narrow uh, I probably can't say that narrow-minded community Corey can't I wouldn't say that being brought up in like a rural community where a lot of people are just I don't know it's, it's a really difficult one well that it's I just a culture just, isn't it it's yeah. a, you're a product your society whereas I'm sure someone grew up in like uh, is it anywhere near Yeovil no oh never mind then but it's just <laughs> like that story no it's just like being able to branch out and find something that's yours I think was really like important at that time for me because otherwise it would have been like a circle of just what you're being fed by like other people because it's like a lot of people often say that the the town or the village that I'm from is like barrel of crabs so like when one person tries to get out all the crabs pull the other one back in so as soon as you start to like find a little voice there will be someone that's like oh look I just stop that now do you know what i mean how weird is it that you gravitate is it just a city version of that with swansea <laughs> i don't think swansea's like well i know i don't think swansea's like that but you've been you've 
growing up here, so you probably think differently. It's it just a diff. I think it's everywhere. I think but everywhere there's... you're from, you will have that opinion. I think. But it'd be interesting to go back and do the Google uh, do and the find Google. out how many bands started where you were from and whether you mm. completely missed the whole music. Yeah. So we used to play. We played in the f Tunbridge Wells mm. in the middle of a roundabout in like mm -hmm. what seemed to be a converted public toilets, mm -hmm. you know. And you would net, you know, or you'd play in Sutton Coalfield yeah. in like the middle of where I'm assuming people either just listen to like rave <laughs> or this weird punk. But you yeah. know, so there, there's pockets of it everywhere. And that's what I always think. Every time I bemoan the death of like, there's no bands coming up that I in Swan, you know, it's not that I just don't know about them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was one band from Hereford, sure, that kind of got somewhere, but then. But that's it. It's only if they, they get somewhere. You yeah, exactly. Them, as well, opposed they to... they used to like do so. We have like a little festival back at home, and they used to headline that all the time, and I can't really remember like whether they went any further than that. They were quite good, but then I think one of them left to pursue making burgers. Yeah, and um, there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, like there's. Lots of people in Swansea will go out and be like, oh, we saw this amazing band. You'd be like, who was it? And they'll say, oh, the somethings. And they're just a cover band. Yeah. Like, Swansea is, like, famous, like, have famous cover bands. And you're like, awesome. Like, I'll just listen to the CD. And yeah. I won't, because they're doing like that. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Spider-Man in London. Double trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. So I didn't crush your spirit. No, you didn't. I re I I knew that you wouldn't. But I'm and yeah, no, I wouldn't. I knew that you wouldn't. So what's the takeaways? Don't know. Was this just a vanity thing for me and you to do? For sure. But I do I do think it's interesting. I'd love to encourage people to seek out bands mm -hmm. they love's influences. And you never know. It might be the most uninspiring journey yeah. you've ever been on or you might completely take a deep and the playlist has been really good for that yeah in that it it's definitely given me opportunities to listen to music that i've never listened to mm -hmm. before but yeah the fact it's on spotify is a limiting factor in that mm. you're not going to get any like i don't know it's becoming more egalitarian like there's much smaller bands who are uploading onto there but mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that isn't on there or that, yeah I think the nice thing about that, so like I always want that feeling of when you find a song that you love and you can't stop listening to it. Like I love that feeling where you can just put it on for hours and then you'll just cue it after one after the other and you're like, oh, I love this song. And I always think once you've finished, you're like, will I ever find that song again? And yeah. the thing with the pandemic playlist is that I have done that. Like there are certain songs where I've either been like, someone has put them in and I've been like, oh, I forgot about that song, so I'm going to listen to it loads or because of someone sharing this band you've then gone and looked at another band like me sharing my pandemic playlist made you call me out on certain things and then you were like you should listen to this band i'm very tired i can't remember yeah so, so like, i'll take your word for it no so, so yeah, you were literally awesome. like your music is very much like white men playing guitars oh yeah yeah so yeah, i was like sure. yeah i completely acknowledge that and then you were like so you should listen to this band which i did and then it's like Oh, one of their songs I've not been able to stop listening to mm. and then it's been nice to have like that feeling like ne like almost weekly with a song that someone has like put on their playlist or someone has said oh, I forgot to put this on or remember when we listened to this it's been quite nice yeah 
And for the people that think we're just a pair of snobs, which I will take, I am a music snob. Yeah, I'm not, fine. like, I don't think I am. I think I listen but, to a lot of stuff. No, I am really elitist, but that's just, be, but mm. it's also not anything that I think is cool or that I like because it's, I just love it mm -hmm. and I know what I don't like. And there's, you know, I am elitist in that I respect bands that have had to work much harder mm -hmm. to do it, but I also listen to mainstream but like when you talk about like earworm songs mm -hmm. that you just listen to on loop like oh my goodness like yeah massively mm -hmm. like i they i think it was a few months ago when we were at the gym like how many times in a row would i listen to no geography by the chemical oh Brothers? my god so many times and you were obsessed with high hopes by panic at the disco for a while yeah yeah great songs yeah like when you used to play um mr brightside all the time <sighs> That's the thing, so I feel like when I said that point, I was like, I have been like, people will have been like, I've seen you sing that song at the end of an night out. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. I 100% have. But it does, it is one of my bugbears. But like, I think my takeaway point would be from the whole like thing of Biffy Clyro and finding that album, is that you should just be able to double down on who you are and be able to pursue things that you like without fearing that other people are gonna be like, what the fuck are you listening to that for? You know, like, you should be able to just explore any type of, like, anything you want to do. You should be able to be like, I'm going to do this without any judgment. It's sad that we've got to a point where, you know, like, I was... So we're talking, like, 12 years ago, that album, for me. No, nearly 14 years ago, that album. And it, at that point, I was like, I'm really scared people are going to judge me for my music. I need to find something that's, like, my own. It's been 14 years, and even now, I still get a thing of maybe I shouldn't do that because other people are going to look at me and be like, why are you doing that? And that's a, it. That's the point, isn't it? It's, it's not acting without judgment. It's not placing value on that judgment. Yeah. Like, Ooh, trust yeah. your instincts. If you think people are going to judge you because what you're doing is wrong, mm -hmm. maybe you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. But that, you know, how... It, you know, it's not like people are listening to... Well, I don't know. It's not the notion of, like, oh, this band, I don't know if people are going to like because they're really, really obnoxious or misogynistic or racist it's just that idea of like how paralyzed we all are by people's perceptions of us yeah and i think you know you can blame social media for a lot of that but like i'm talking like you're gonna like you'll laugh and joke that i would have had access to social media when i was 14 but there wasn't it was like the cusp of that being a thing so you know like it's always been a thing that we're completely fearful of other people's perceptions of us some people have that fear more than others but it's been able to like just try and get past that i suppose and not place so much value on other people's opinions hmm. because if you do that it's gonna it can cripple you to a point where you're like never pursue anything you want to do yeah how many and you're like fit into boxes just for the sake of it like you know like um you know like philip's playlist you know and the whole story behind when we listen to him and he was saying that, you know, like, he was saying in his talk that, you know, he's, undergo he's undergoing chemo and he's still taking work calls and he's still trying to pursue deadlines because that's like a point where we've got where we're like, everything has to be a tick box. Like, if I don't do this, people, like, I won't look successful. Well, yeah, and what your measure of success yeah. is. But that's the, you know, how many incredible things don't exist because people didn't have the confidence to to go after it like i bet everyone knows someone who's an amazing 
artist yeah. that has a full-time job because they didn't pursue it because they were afraid. You know, yeah. like, everyone knows someone who is really musically talented or, you know, has something that they should be doing and mm-hmm. it aren't getting after it for whatever reasons you know everyone has like responsibilities mm-hmm. well that's like a, one of the big reasons why like i really respected and loved my friend rich when he like the guy that put in um in the playlist because he was like he did all of the tick boxes he went to college and did sports he went to uni and did sports and then was like see what mickey's tick boxes are sports, sports. No, they're not my tick boxes but like those are like I was trying to say that like college is a tick box and yeah. uni is a tick box. But like then he was like, Fuck it, I just wanna draw And then he like pursued that. And I really respect him for that. And I think that that's an amazing thing. But there are so many people that will be like, Oh, I've been to college, I've been to uni, well now I need to do something that's like worth my while me going to uni for. So now I need to like And there are you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you can I think it's just be in the brass play, you know, be in the trumpet player oh and whatever. Oh my god, yeah. But don't, don't do a job. I think in the, especially if over the last 12 weeks, your job was like, oh, don't worry if you don't do it. We'll just pick it up in 12 weeks. Mm. You People want purpose, don't they? And it doesn't matter what, like, it's very clear now what's important to society and that's like keeping, you know, your role within a community and the notion of whether it's working in food service or like logistics or entertainment they're the things that have been keeping people afloat yeah and that connection but it's you know you will see going forwards now school curriculums prioritizing the complete opposite yeah but that's i guess you know up to us as a society to come out with new priorities you you don't have to let it be dictated to you no. Change, like, if everyone makes a small change internally, you would hope it would have a bigger impact yeah. externally. Yeah. I think maybe you can start with not letting the wider society dictate what you want to listen to hmm. musically. And For sure. go away from that. So, is this now a music podcast? No, it's not a music podcast. Next week we'll do something that's away from music. And alienate anyone that's had anything... Good to say about this one. Both of you. Both people that gave us feedback. No, we'll do something that's not music related next week. But also, nothing's not... There's there's nothing that isn't music related. I just think music is like a... But it's not a review show. No, it's not a review show. Please don't send us stuff to review. I'm not doing that. Because I'll just say it's good and give it five stars. If you do, Mickey will review it for you. (gasps) We should just have a, a side thing that's like... Mickey awkwardly reviews shit. Yeah, and then people will be like, I'll just be like, yeah, 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 I listen to it and I definitely have If there's anybody out there that wants to send me, like, stuff. What, like MP3s? No, like stuff. Physical stuff. Yeah, like, if you want to... Should I think what I could use? If you want to send me, like, some coffee, I'll review that. (laughs) Yeah, this is a coffee review podcast. No, like, you can... You can send, like, just send me stuff. (laughs) Do you want me to give you a address now? No, don't do that. We need a P.O. box. We've got one. Oh yeah, yeah we do. Don't. Not a PO box, an industrial unit. Yeah, anyway. don't um, don't send me stuff because I'll have to be like, thanks, it was great, even if it wasn't great. Also, if you were inclined to send us suggestions on what to do with the podcast, don't be offended if we don't do it. Yeah. We just thought. Or you do do it. Terribly. No, exactly. But no, next week we'll we'll do something. We'll talk about um, 
politics. Oh, Christ, I don't think we should talk about that. What's Christ got to do with it? Oh, I used that wrong way. It's don't. I think that we should steer clear of politics for a while. As much as I think me and you agree. Oh, I definitely think now we should talk about politics. That's the biggest reason to. That's the classic, oh, well, this isn't a political space. We shouldn't talk about politics. No, I'm not saying it's not everything is politically driven. I mean, but... I'm, I'd agree with you if you thought that I wasn't educated enough to talk about politics. No. 100% I agree. No. But don't be right, fearful of it. Right, we're three podcasts in. That would be our third podcast. I don't think we should start by being like... I think there should be an element... Well, like, an element of it is... I learnt a lot about what I resonated with politically from music. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good lead on then. But um, yeah. don't don't tune in for a political broadcast. Don't. Maybe we'll just link to things. You know, like going to see propaganda, and there being an anti-everything stall. And I learnt at punk gigs. I first learnt about what boycotts were, mm. and started boycotting left, right, and centre. And Look, I still buy diesel for my van and use Facebook and it's like don't throw bricks in glass houses. But yeah. I certainly open my eyes to the fact that you have like <laughs> consumer power mm -hmm. and stopped buying as much stuff and caring as much about I used to be very image orientated, like clothing and really cared about that well, I'm going to say something that's going to probably is don't take this I mean this in the nicest way possible you don't care about how you look <laughs> no fuck off me no me no, uh, no I was going to say I find that like really funny that what? you once thought that well, but that was like a thing that you thought well it's an insecurity thing but I, you know it's fun to like have nice clothes and do your hair and... oh, this is something that I struggle with daily I mean it wasn't like oh look at me I look good it was I've bleached my hair and it's gone see-through and I've got pink stars in it like no. stupid well yeah but it still requires effort yeah it was yeah. totally unnecessary and wasn't a measure of who I was as a person but no. you make it a measure but I think you. that if you knew you now I think that that's a really funny so in, I, I don't in conclusion don't know what Friday oh my is gosh you're, you're such an academic so in, in conclusion to paraphrase the uh, in conclusion we don't know what next week's will be up but you can still send us pandemic playlists the pandemic playlists will continue we're going to do a zine yeah open contributions no no race hate yeah so as long if you've got anything recipes yeah as long right you're climbing on that Bo's got some stuff you can put in it. Yeah, Bo's climbing on a unicorn ready to jump onto the rope swing. Uh, yeah, basically we'll do a zine where you can just, we'll set up the dimensions and you can contribute anything as long as it obviously d reflects our values as humans. Yeah. But if you have, if you want to contribute a recipe, I don't know why you would, that'd be really boring, but I'm not going to say no. He was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. So, please or photos or yeah, pictures or anything. just... How you feeling? Doodles. Or something interesting or some relevant links. Anything. If you don't know what a zine is, that's your homework. <laughs> but you can still send us pandemic playlists. So you can go on our Instagram, which is chopcarrycic, or you can email us at chopcarrycic at gmail.com. Um, you can continue the game. You can continue the game. So the game is that you have to start the next song with the last word of the first song. The song. Yeah, the song before. So you start the next song with the last word of the song before. So, 
um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but we have, we me and Owen played the game first and then we had someone come back to us on Instagram to carry on the game. So you can carry on that game if you want to. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it really. And then next week we're going to talk at more absolute nonsense for an hour and a half, but it's not going to be musically driven. Unless it probably is. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to check out the albums, they are both available on Spotify. Oh yeah, should we... I was thinking about this. Should we put in our like three favourite songs from it as a playlist? Yeah, all of them. I'm not picking... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but you can. Oh, I'll pick my... No. I'll pick my, my favourite three off yours and you pick your favourite... And I'll put favorite. the first three singles off their album. <laughs> yeah, then they'll be available as playlists. That's actually a really shit playlist. No one needs that playlist. No, we'll just make a place of the two albums. Yeah. Because the whole point is that you listen to the album, Mickey. Yes, let's do that. Okay. Signing off. Over and out. Over. Uh, you would have to say over and out. No, Although, Over is just to be continued. That's mid-conversation, over. Oh, sorry, I've not been on the radio. Over and out. <laughs>